0: Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Ethics Fitness, and you are listening to season two of the Ethics Approach podcast, the podcast where we highlight inspirational vegan athletes and what they do to absolutely kill it on a plant-based diet. If you haven't already, it would really help out if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, ethics coaching services, articles and training programs available on ethicsfitness.com, videos on YouTube, and more. Links for those will be in the description, and I truly appreciate everyone listening for all of the continued love and support. In today's episode, I speak with Leah de Cesare, a 47 kg or 103-pound weight-class powerlifter, who's competed at the Arnold and in several national powerlifting meets with great success. Leah's been vegan for well over 15 years and built all of her incredible strength and muscle on a fully plant-based diet. In competition, Leah's hit a 275.5 pound squat, a 176.3 pound bench press and a 308.6 pound deadlift at only 103 pounds body weight giving her a dot score of 448.28 which is incredible Leah has always had an interesting approach to nutrition, especially for an elite powerlifter of her status. She's always leaned towards a more lax approach that's more intuitive with nutrition and has never really been much for tracking calories or macros, and I found this topic to be very interesting to talk about with her, and it really highlights the importance of diet sustainability I think, as well as other factors that may be more influential for building strength and muscle. We also got into the details of Leah's training history, what has worked well for her to skyrocket her numbers, her reasons for going vegan, and much more. You can find her on Instagram at LeahRayX, that's L-E-A-H-R-A-Y-E-X, all one word. Thanks again to Leah for taking the time to come onto the podcast, and I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed our chat. All right. Leah, first of all, thanks for coming on to thank you for having me. August, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, do you want to do a quick introduction about like first of all, what you? I guess you don't really powerlift anymore. First of all, right?
1: Not anymore. No. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I guess let's touch on first of all, like kind of um, what got you into uh like lifting and powerlifting in the first place. Cause mm-hmm. I wanna talk about that first. And mm-hmm. then um we can kind of segue into like other things you do now and like I want to definitely touch on your uh, like your specific approach to uh, diet and everything, and what got you into.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, self-important people will call it intuitive eating. I call it. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, but
0: yeah. Let's let's so. touch on like one thing at a time. So let's yeah, start sure. with. Um, <laughs> I know it like someone's gonna overlap, but let's start with like uh, like what drew you into into fitness in the first place.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I guess if I needed to go way back, um, growing up and still am, uh, I was a really big pro-wrestling fan, and mm-hmm. I think, honestly, seeing, seeing China for the first time on my TV, like, blew my head open. Um, hopefully, most people listening to this know who she is, um, but if you don't, she was just this, like stacked, huge, like super muscular woman. And you did not see that in mainstream media at all. And I was always kind of like a tomboy. And the only other, you know, badass woman that was on TV at the time was like Buffy, which, you know. No offense to anybody who looks like Buffy, but to me, I was like, she looks like the girls who make fun of me in school. I couldn't relate to her at all. So I saw China and I was like, shit, that's what I want to be. She's like so great. She can lift men over her head. She can do like no one could ever fuck with her. And I wanted to become unfuck withable. Um, so that kind of planted the seed in my head when I was a kid. Um, and then in high school, whenever we were brought to the weight room, I actually did lift the free weights like none of the other girls did you know, but mm-hmm. I would be like in the corner just kind of like quietly doing really shitty curls and uh, mm-hmm. hoping it would do something. Um, and we had a ladies 100 club list on the wall. I have no idea why I was like, who else would be on this? But what that meant was if you were a girl and you could bench 100 pounds, your name would get put on this wall. And I was like, I want to get on that wall. And um, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck I did it, dude, but I got on this bench and I was just like, put 100 pounds on it. <laughs> and I weighed like 100 pounds at the time. And uh-huh. he, like this kid spotted me and I know that I was struggling. But I benched 100 pounds, cold. I couldn't believe it. And that kind of put it in Wait, my wait, head wait, like, wait, wait. Yeah. I know that you sounds ridiculous. You fucking 100 I know, in That high sounds school. ridiculous. I need to say this first. <laughs> I used to be a competitive martial artist and I was drilled oh. to the ground. So I had a strong foundation for strength, period. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so when that happened, I was like, oh, like I want to do this. But I, it kind of, I forgot about it. Fast forward to when I was 22, 23. Um, mm-hmm. I was working at a running shoe store at the time and my coworker had started powerlifting and she was posting pictures on her social media of her lifting weights. And I was just like, I always wanted to do this. Where do you do this? Like, I didn't really know. Um, and she was just like, Oh, I, I go to this powerlifting gym in, in Gowanus. Um, You should come with me. So I went, uh, I'm a massage therapist and the coach mm-hmm. there was like, I want to meet a massage therapist to send my lifters to. And I was like, perfect. Yeah, let's meet. So I go there, we talk shop. And then he's like, well, while you're here, do you want me to teach you how to squat? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. So we did that. And then that gym owner and I decided to do kind of like a work trade. And I wound up training there. And that's how I got started. Um, And I didn't want to compete at all. We can get into that later. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was kind of how I first really got started into powerlifting. That was 2012. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So you just started squatting when you were like 18-ish? Is that right? No, no. I <laughs> 20- <20-ish? laughs>
1: That's nice of you know. 2012, I was like 23.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I, yeah. I was going to say either way. I mean, that's still <laughs> – you kind of started, a, a, I guess, a little late with squats and stuff compared to yeah. if you are benching in high school and everything. Not right?
1: really. I mean, again, that was like a one and done kind of like I benched that weight once and I was like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. I'm strong. And like, I didn't keep up with it. And, um, uh-huh. but that was like just, just like giving you some background little seedlings of what brought me to where I eventually wound up in my 20s. Sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you, um, after your kind of brief stint with uh, mm-hmm. wanting to bench hundred pounds in high school, <laughs> and then did you <laughs> did you train the squad at all uh, at the massage? Uh, was it a massage therapist uh, you said? No, or it
1: was, was just a. So I'm a massage therapist. Um, the place oh, okay. where I went was just a powerlifting gym, and I just went there to you know meet the people who ran it. Hopefully, be you know a go to therapist for their lifters and. You oh,
0: know. I see. But then I got,
1: and I kind of oh, yeah. got roped into doing it, you know, into lifting over there.
0: Is that what got you to have you? Were you just um, kind of consistently training after that?
1: Yeah. Um, You you know, he pretty much enabled me because we wound up working out some kind of a work trade. So I got to train there, you know, financially for free, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially at the time, I mean, 23, I would do anything if it was free, but I especially wanted to lift. You know, I was like, yeah, Yeah. this, like, it felt right to me when I saw my friend um, posting pictures of it. I was like, that's what I wanted to do. And I completely forgot about it.
0: So Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So from there uh, you started training consistently at the gym Mm -hmm. while also working basically. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay. Um, How, so how did it go in terms of uh, training and everything uh, there? Did you, did you get roped into competitions right from there?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, so I took to powerlifting really quickly. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean, you could say that I'm built for it or whatever. I'm five feet tall. I have, uh, you know, short legs and, <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, I don't know, but, um, yeah, so I took to it pretty quickly. My, you know, my, my um, my linear progression was really sharp and mm-hmm. we, I mean, at the time USAPL was USA powerlifting was, um, small. I mean, it was, I don't think yeah. that, yeah, I don't think that there were even a thousand women in it in the whole nation at the time so you know our gym really wanted to have like a big, big strong presence and they were like you know you should just sign up you should just compete and I was like no I don't know I don't want to be competitive but also a part of me kind of felt like maybe I owed it to them to represent them because they were letting me train there and mm-hmm. I'm just like why the fuck don't I just do it like who cares um, mm-hmm. but I was definitely kind of hesitant to go down a path of like I don't know Athletes are kind of nuts, man. And I was like, do I want to yeah, go? 100%. <laughs> and I knew that. And I was just like, do I want to get sucked into this kind of like weird world where I'm like obsessing over something like this? Um, mm-hmm. And I told myself I'm not competitive, which is bullshit. I'm completely competitive. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the time that I thought that maybe I had grown out of that. So uh, yeah. my first competition that I did was in um, New Brunswick, New Jersey. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was in this little, I want to say, yeah, this little room. I'm not sure exactly what the establishment was, but it was like toddlers and tiaras. You know, like if you competed, you got a medal because there were like, okay,
2: yeah. how many <laughs> of
1: us? You know what I mean? Like maybe 15 yeah. women total. Um, huh. So I won. <laughs> but, uh, okay. you know, what is that to say? I think I had one other girl who I was, uh, one other woman who I was competing up against. And, uh-huh. um, which, yeah, I mean, even then at my weight class, cause I competed as a 47 kilo is like, uh-huh. you know, you're lucky if at a local meet, you have one other person or two
0: is like, wow. Um, so that's so. like 114 pounds. Is that right? Well, 47
1: or... is a hundred? Well, okay. 47 is 103.6 pounds.
0: Um, Oh my God. You were yeah. t- tiny. Yeah, I know. Five I feet know. tall and a hundred and, pounds. Yeah. I
1: when I first started, the weight class was originally 48 kilos, and it oh. is again, but there was a period of time, which was the bulk of my competing career, where I guess they were trying to appeal to the Olympics, so they started mm-hmm. taking on Olympic weight classes, so they knocked it down to 47, and I had a freak out about that kilo. I was like, I can't lose any weight, but yeah. then I learned how, um, so...
0: So what were your numbers uh, for your, that first competition? How long that were you training for? One? That first
1: one? Um, yeah, yeah. I can, I can look it up, actually. Um, oh, cool, okay. But I have to look up the, my misspelled name. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> is that um, openpowerlifting.com or whatever it is? Uh, open
1: Powerlifting um, is a resource, but USAPL has their own uh, which is own just database. usapl.liftingdatabase.com. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. What were my numbers on this? So I weighed, because the weight class at the time was 48, I weighed 47.5 kilos. So like, I don't know, 104, 105. Mm -hmm. Um, My squat was 80 kilos. Bench was 50. And my deadlift was 77.5. So that was my first one. That was in June of Mm -hmm. 2013. So I Uh had been training for about, I started really consistently training the previous October. So maybe that's like eight months of training. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, you were very
0: much still making uh like linear progression. Yeah, yeah, progress, totally. I'm this sure. was
1: all about just doing the first one, learning how it goes, getting the first meat jitters out of the way. Um yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause I don't know, the way that they did it was so chaotic. They would brief you on rules like in the warm up room and you'd kind of be like, oh my God, do I have to be warming up right now? And you know, mm-hmm. I mean I I failed lifts just because I didn't know certain things that i was supposed to do like in the deadlift specifically i didn't realize that you were supposed to roll your shoulders back so i'm like okay staring at the head ref being like give me the down command please and he's Uh looking at me like lock out this deadlift and i'm like i don't know what you want from (laughs) me man i'm holding a lot of weight in my hands um but that's you know
0: uh, i think it happens for almost everybody from my experience i've only done uh I've only done one uh, powerlifting meet ever. And um, even with a coach, um, Mm -hmm. I got flagged for not having my uh, feet on the ground completely for the bench press. Yeah. My heels were just slightly off because I was wearing like old press converses. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. they were just worn down on the back. And like literally, I don't think I could even push my heel down all the way. Yeah.
1: Was it in USAPL or?
0: Uh, dude, I, I honestly don't even know like what it was. It was, you know, um, you know, squat and science, Jim, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was uh whatever competition they had through them. I I don't. know It was I don't probably USAPL, what, uh... I think. You know, yeah, it was I don't that think dude. That um, stuff. yeah, it was that guy. Uh, uh, man, who's that announcer? Like Gino or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely USAPL.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, he no, was like there. seven yeah. foot
1: tall pirate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean looking ass dude. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he's, he's um, yeah. That forget. was uh,
0: but yeah, my buddy also competed for the first time there, and he's like a strong guy, but he got flagged every single time for just like putting the deadlift down before, um, you know, the signal or something, yeah. or I don't even know, just racking this the uh the weight before um they gave him the signal for squat and stuff like mm-hmm. that or bench. It was like everything. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's why people will ask me, like, when do you think I'm ready to compete? I'm like, just do it. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll cost you, like, 50 bucks to do. Just pick somewhere local. Get it out of the way because, honestly, you're going to make a dumb mistake. Don't wait until you feel like, oh, I'm going to really show out at this competition. Like, like, just get it out of the way. Learn some stuff the hard way because you're going to. And, you know, make your second one count. Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. From my experience, for this little meet too, it was like a bunch of people just doing their their first meet, or even maybe they did several, but they, you know, they weren't competitive at all. But it's still mm-hmm. just a it's a good environment, and everyone was just stoked to be there because it was, you know, everyone from a, gy- a gym. So mm-hmm. if they hit PRs on their own, you know, not not even competitive at all, but if they just hit a PR on their own, like all their gym buddies would be super stoked about it. It was it was fun. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I actually always kind of liked smaller competitive atmospheres versus like the big stage, anyway. But maybe yeah, because I'm like, yeah, my friends are here; it's local, so mm-hmm. so I hear that.
0: So uh, let's talk about you getting to the uh, the the bigger stages, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what do you? What was the? What was your um, training like after that? And kind of like how 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 many competitions do you do afterwards? Where did you go to nationals and stuff? Did you? Oh go, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So okay. I
1: did, um, the first time I did nationals was 2015 in Scranton, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Um, so...
0: Oh, good old Scranton.
1: Yes, the electric city. Um, <laughs> Tried not to say that, but you you can't. Um, but yeah, no, it, uh, so I did that. That was 2015. And then I kind of, I did take some time off. Um, I wound up leaving the gym that I had started at. And I was kind of a fish out of water from there. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I shifted my focus away from competing because I was like, I just need to find somewhere and I don't have a coach anymore. So I need to figure out, I mean, I don't have a coach anymore. The, the, the programming that I did at the first uh, gym was like communal coaching. So I didn't have mm-hmm. specific coaching. But even that, I mean, I was still reliant on that. Uh, and I didn't even have that anymore. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't really know what's happening. I just need to kind of find a place and finding a place where you can powerlift is actually pretty hard. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, especially a place that, that'll let you deadlift. You know, some some places are pretty weird about that, especially like older buildings here. The in commercial New York City. gyms. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, um, god. yeah. oh my god. I feel like talking about gyms in New York City is a whole <laughs> other topic in itself.
1: I've had people god, be like, Hey, I, I'm visiting, I'm staying in Manhattan, where can I lift in Manhattan? I'm like, nowhere. <laughs> Manhattan, <Literally>,
0: nowhere. <laughs> yeah, literally nowhere. Um, especially for powerlifting. But yeah. like, my God, like the gyms you can go to, mm-hmm. if you're not dropping like a you know, twenty plus bucks on a, yeah. a day pass at the very least, like yeah. I don't even know you and also like every uh every gym there is just packed and mm-hmm. it's just like you know a bunch of bougie ass motherfuckers like going there to do hot yoga and stuff you know I know I know. Like Equinox David Barton gym or whatever like David Barton you know R.I.P. About?
1: yeah oh yeah well you know what happened with oh, that right
0: <laughs> no I don't David I don't, Barton gym. Going.
1: yeah I mean that was no. like I had a friend of mine who was coaching there and um one day they just shuttered all their doors and like nobody could get in members had all their stuff in the lockers and it was like a whole chaotic mess yeah i mean i I couldn't give you like a detailed rundown of it but it was like just one of those shady like they were selling a lot of because it was right before the new year and they were selling a bunch Mm -hmm. of memberships for holiday gifts and also you know new year's resolution people and then they just closed the doors and that was the end of that
0: (laughs) i hope that people got their stuff back at least i think
1: they eventually did but it was from what i understand it was a hassle Um, I actually recommend that people just go to CrossFit boxes, honestly, to lift if they, you know, don't know where else to go. I feel like
0: that sounds like a good idea. But every time that I've been traveling Mm -hmm. and like I see a CrossFit place, I'm like, okay, they got barbells and stuff. Mm -hmm. At least I don't know. It's always like, oh, you know, we got classes, and it's like it's never like open gym. I don't know if you just call and they'll let you in or something or. It depends. What's Obviously, it's like? going
1: gonna, gonna to depend because CrossFit is not a franchise, although some people think that it is. Um, it's very kind of like, oh, you, they just have rights to the intellectual property and the name CrossFit. After that, you can mm-hmm. run your gym however the heck you want. So it's going to depend mm-hmm. gym to gym. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they'll let you slam weights and they usually have what you need. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. and they're pretty prolific. You can usually find a CrossFit gym just about anywhere. So that's usually my recommendation when people are looking for somewhere to go right yeah so
0: we kind of went off on a t- on a tangent there yeah. but um were you, did you did you find a gym where you could powerlift that that was not the same one that you were at
1: yeah yeah so yeah. i uh, i was okay. lifting at a at just like a synergy for a little while and then i found mm-hmm. richie's gym where did you live in brooklyn richie's where did did you live Bushwick. over by this? okay did you ever go to richie's
0: no, i i I was always around there, and I was like, uh-huh. hey, I should stop in one day. And then it closed, like at the very beginning of uh, COVID lockdowns. Right, my
1: heart to hear that because that I mean did that he, place was he, a dump, but I loved it so much. They had like um, SNS.
0: Mm-hmm. They bought a, a, a bunch of stuff from there. I think why. Didn't
1: they? <laughs> All their stuff is so fucked up,
0: but um, it was either Richie's or um, wasn't there like Frenchie's or something too. Frenchie's. Okay, so
1: I originally wanted to go to Frenchie's. Frenchie's was. um, I mean, there was like a little uh, documentary on Frenchie. I was just like, I fell in love with him. He's just like you know this like you know like squat Puerto Rican dude with like a like a little braided uh, little goatee Goatee. beard, (laughs) and um, but his gym was on the second floor. Uh, And he told me that I couldn't deadlift there. So I couldn't go there. Uh. Um, But I went to Richie's. um, So Richie's for anyone who is not familiar with it it was like this old school bodybuilding gym that had like Mm -hmm. crappy murals of Arnold and you know like Lou and everyone on the walls with the bars were all bent there were signs on the walls that said no boots on the treadmills because everyone was wearing their Tim's on the treadmills. (laughs) 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 and I'd go in there that's so New York it is and and I would go in there and I was like you know one of what three women? Whoever went there, and the only white one, and like my nickname there, I'd walk in and they'd be like, "It's super strong, Amy Winehouse." <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, that's kind of <laughs> cute." <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I lived there for a while, and I and I actually trained. I did a lot of my training there, um, because I was living over in Bedside, not too far, and and the price was unbeatable. I think it was like twenty five bucks a month, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I wanted ne- to I never got to go but. Oh, okay, yeah, So Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you saying there?
1: I was saying that's such a shame. It was it was just such a, a yeah, a, a real um a place that's kind of burned in my brain in a good way.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like you there's never any gyms like that anymore in mm-hmm, New York. Um mm-hmm. I went to a gym called Absolute Power. You hear ever hear about that one? No. That's over on like Grand Street in like what they'd probably call East Bushwick now or East uh, East Williamsburg.
1: Okay, yeah absolute um, power i don't
0: think so yeah like uh off the Graham avenue stop mm-hmm, off the l mm-hmm. train yeah
1: um
0: they're not they weren't bad they got kind of more and more crowded over the years yeah but you could always deadlift there they had like a uh like three squat racks um mm-hmm. that was like the height of my uh my power lifting uh yeah <laughs> i guess mm-hmm. but uh then i switched over to sns for a little bit and sns is great but uh you know then you kind of go into like they have all like the Aleco stuff and like mm-hmm. all like the competition stuff so like yeah. obviously it's way way more money it's like mm-hmm. as opposed to those gyms being like 20 25 bucks for a little bit that was great yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure i know a, a lot like a lot of gyms i mean after i once i stopped going to richie's i then went to um there was this place called elite gym that was on Coney Island Avenue in Flatbush. Um, Cause I was working okay. over there. So mm-hmm. I started training over there and yeah, they were like this little hole in the wall. It was like a veteran owned place. And I mean, I feel kind of bad. I feel like, I don't know how they're doing now. I think they're okay. I know that they moved a little further south, but um, mm-hmm. I think that all these members were like, yeah, you need an Ohio bar and you need calibrated plates. And they like, didn't really know. So they were like, okay. And they bought all this stuff and I was like, you don't need all this stuff, man. Like, don't don't mm-hmm. go out of business because, you know, you got some high-maintenance members here. It's like a $40 a month gym. Um, yeah. So I was there for a minute, um, and then I wound up at CrossFit South Brooklyn, which is where I am now whenever mm-hmm. I do train. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, but uh, I, that's where I did. I finished out my competitive powerlifting training.
0: So through this time, um, how many competitions do you think you did?
1: <sighs> let's find out. Um, let's see. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 10. Oh, okay. So So you
0: were, you were pretty damn into it then.
1: Uh, it's funny. Time is not that much for how, for the eight years that I competed, but, um, Mm -hmm. I took a lot of time off and I think it was like, I kind of like floored it when I actually hired a coach, like a for real Mm -hmm. coach. Um, so let's backtrack. I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And then I, wound, I heard about this thing called Reactive Training Systems, uh, which was yeah. run by Mike Toucher. Yeah, you know about them. Mm-hmm. And they were basically yep. kind of doing a, a test program. And if you signed up to do it, you would be given a free 12-week program. Um, mm-hmm. So I did. And they gave me – Oh, I yeah. think I
0: did that. It
1: was called Project Momentum, I think it was called. Yes. Yeah. Yes,
0: I did that. How was yeah. it for you? Um, I didn't get any results.
1: Really? That <laughs> yeah. sucks because hey. it was amazing for me. I mean we may have had different programs. I know that they didn't give everyone the same one. But yeah. I don't know. I um,
0: yeah. I think – were you um gaining weight at the time or were you just kind of – like this kind of goes back to nutrition for a second. Yeah. But like you don't really – Pay too much attention to what you're eating for the most no, part. You not just... really.
1: <laughs> Unless I have. So to you cut were just weight. lifting. Yeah, I was just okay. Lifting. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. See, that that's so funny because for me to ha- to get, st- I really have like trash genetics for strength. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to actively be trying to really gain weight and really eat and have my training dialed in to actually mm-hmm. get anywhere. It's it sucks. Um, and I wasn't gaining weight when I was running uh, that program, yeah. and uh, I just got like you know I I I did fine but mm-hmm. I didn't get any PRs or anything, but oh,
1: man. that's
0: funny that you are, that's cause Mike to is like an amazing coach. Yeah. Like I, I really think that he's like at the forefront of uh powerlifting coaching, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, like there's something to be said about like the, uh, it's still the kind of a cookie cutter template, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you started off, but I know that in the beginning of mine and midway through mine, I had to do six by 10 squat bench deadlift mm-hmm. which was like
0: yes it was so much volume it was
1: so bad um but yeah no I mean my my numbers went through the roof after that and I was like well I'm just gonna keep doing this over and over again yeah. um and I did I did run it a couple times um but I kind of found myself dreading it because of those days where I was like oh man I can't so um
0: So much volume. I remember that program was, it was, I think I hit like 13 sets of bench in one day or something. (laughs) It was just insane.
1: Yeah. Um, that, let me think that carried me through. What did I do on that? Oh, um, I remember now. Okay. I, that prepared me for a meet that I did in May of 2017. Um, it was like, New York state championships. And um, I went through like one of the hardest things in my per- personal life at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to test my max a couple of weeks before the competition, just cause I was part of the agreement of being mm-hmm. a part of this experiment. Um, but yeah, man, that program, I mean, I, that brought me to a meet where I got my first ever best overall female lifter award. So Mm -hmm. I was a a big believer in that program. So,
0: so was this? um, Was this nationals? No, this this
1: was not. This was just a. This was, I think, a a comeback meet for me after kind of like being lost at sea for a little while.
0: Yeah. So. Like a local, just like a local meet. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I I couldn't have done nationals because I hadn't done anything recently. Yeah, that would have qualified me for nationals. So I did. uh, Sure. I did that, and. I could have gone to nationals that year, but I didn't. I just did another small meet mm-hmm. um somewhat after that, yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah um so then you kept lifting after that though, and then mm-hmm. th- this at this point, what was that like your fifth meet or something, or that later? was
1: little, no, that was a little later. I would say that was maybe my like sixth or yeah, my sixth mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so yeah. you you um, attribute a lot of your progress there to the reactive training systems. Uh, yeah, you know, I
1: think that that project was momentum. That was the cuz that was really the first time I felt like I was I was getting my ass kicked, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Was and that I, the first
0: time you also um, stuck to a like a, a a really regimented program like that?
1: I maybe the most complex one, I think. Yeah. Okay, sure. I, I feel like the kind of communal coaching that we got prior, it was like a lot of like five, three, one, which is great mm. for where I was in my powerlifting career. It was early, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I know that I tried a bunch of the popular stuff before I found project momentum. Like I tried, Smolov, Junior, yeah. I tried uh, Eddie Cohn's deadlifting uh, mm-hmm. one because my deadlift is trash and it's really hard to be a good powerlifter if you have a bad deadlift. That's like where everybody gets their total from. Not everybody. Do you have short arms? Yeah. Yeah. And um, a really long torso. So mm-hmm. I really struggle to keep like a nice straight engaged back core. Um, uh uh-huh. Yeah, and I did hurt my back pretty bad deadlifting, which was mm. it gave is a accounts for a gap in my competitive resume
0: also, but right right yeah, so. but at least you got the uh, the nice bench to make up for yeah
1: it. yeah that's that's my <laughs> which is like great doesn't yeah. doesn't really count for very much in in terms of total but uh, <laughs> yeah I'd be like you know what I can out bench. The world champion forty seven lifter. I mean, she can out deadlift me by like hundred and forty pounds, but I bench a little yeah. bit more than her.
0: <laughs> so So I'm not I'm not sure if we're jumping forward a little here, but so what were your um best lifts in uh competition overall? In
1: competition overall, um mm-hmm. my squat was two seventy five, um, my yeah. bench was one seventy six, and my deadlift was three oh eight okay and then a little bit more in the gym for squat and, and bench. you yeah.
0: what weight class was that
1: 47
0: wow yeah. that's incredible thank you that's insane um yeah you were deaf i'm i can only imagine rolling into these gyms and like you know loading up like three plates on a dead oh are or you kidding me like a max out and,
1: the comments yeah. i got dude like i've had people grab my bar and be like you're distracting everybody here and i'm like then work harder what do you like what do you want me to tell you you know yeah like lots of ass man doing yeah this? of course big time um <laughs> yeah no i mean i i would lots of stares lots of yeah. comments uh, you know like mm. what are you gonna do i mean that's like with anything but it, it was definitely like okay that was the one thing how- yeah
0: i'm sorry I- keep going
1: no, like, you know, with like smaller kind of private and yeah, more expensive powerlifting gyms, mm. that was always kind of the nice thing about those things was that I didn't really have mm. to deal with that. But yeah. when I lost to that connection, I had to kind of like throw myself to the wolves, so to speak. And um, yeah, yeah.
0: what were you gonna say? So I'm really curious to hear about this is a bit, I didn't plan to talk about this, but I'm mm-hmm. really curious to hear now. Um, What's your experience with like, you know, being uh, like a, a small Girl in a in mm-hmm. a commercial gym like that, and actually being super strong. Like, did yeah. you get? Uh, was there like a lot of insecure guys that you interacted with or anything? I'm curious, like, if you experienced anything like that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'd say, you know, if I ever like needed to use something, I was kind of treated like it didn't really matter and that I could wait. You know, like I remember once I went to Richie's on Christmas Eve and there was a guy who was dumbbell benching on the actual bench press Mm -hmm. and we had you know tons of flat benches where he could be doing that and i'd be Mm -hmm. like i'd be waiting and i'd be like hey man like i actually have to bench press and we're closing early because it's christmas eve do you mind you know going to a flat bench and he was just like oh you think you're more important than me you know and like really got in my face about it and i was like no but you could be doing that over there i can't do what i need to do over there um yeah or at synergy i remember there was a guy incline benching in the cage and i needed the cage Mm -hmm. and again tons of incline benches at synergy and i was just Mm -hmm. like hey man i got a squat that's the only place where i can squat can you incline bench on an incline bench and he'd be like yeah yeah i could but i just really don't want to move and i was just like oh my god okay so i'm just gonna stand there and stare at you really awkwardly um (laughs) and so he would like rush through his sets because i was like i'm not i mean like where else i have nowhere else to be this is the only thing i can use right now and then every time i went in after that if he was in that cage he'd be like, "Oh, do you need to use this?" and I'm like, "Yeah, thanks."
0: <laughs> so, damn, um, that's just so rude that yeah. they would even uh I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys that are just can be super derogatory towards women in particular yeah. and I mean, gym gym etiquette in general also, you know, there's it leaves a lot to be desired, so mm-hmm. that that's uh that's just a shame though. Yeah.
1: I know I, like uh, until they see you doing anything too they kind of think that you're just sort of like messing around or don't know what you're doing like I mean sure. obviously there was a lot of people guys uh prematurely saving me from a lift that I was completely Capable of lifting, but you know they they see you load up 135 on the bench, and they're like, "There's no fucking way she's not gonna do yeah. that." And I'm just like, "I'm gonna yeah. rep this for like 10 reps." I don't know what you're talking about, man. But um, well, they're
0: you know, I guarantee you that's where the a lot of the insecurity sets in because yeah. a lot of these guys, like I see guys struggle with 135 at the bench. Yeah, totally. Time, you know? But like, like
1: of course, you know, I mean, oh yeah, I mean, one 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 thing that you'll get a lot, not necessarily from the gym, but from men in general, is I'll tell them stuff, mm-hmm. and they'll be like wow, you lift more than me. And I'm like, yeah, you don't lift. You're just a guy. I've been lifting very intensely from like years now. Of course I lift more mm-hmm. than you. Yes, I'm small, but, yeah. you know, it's not a it's not a compliment to tell me that I lift more than you when you just like, you know, sit on the couch all day. Just some average, yeah, average <laughs> yeah. Ass potato chip eating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Damn, that's, that's awesome though. Yeah.
0: Um. So, okay, so and then you're you kind of um competed at nationals and then that was mm-hmm. kind of what what was the um what was the segue out of powerlifting like what made you kind of want to you're you're kind of over it
1: yeah um so i guess before i get there i should just quickly kind of go over stuff oh, sure, yeah, I did, yeah yeah yeah. I, I did nationals again in uh 2019 and then that was my ticket to the arnold in 2020 so Oh, um, you went to the Arnold? I went oh, okay. to the Arnold, yeah. Um I went to the weird COVID Arnold. Uh, that was like oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um uh-huh. so before this, um the year that I kind of made my comeback to powerlifting, um, I found pole dancing through mm-hmm. uh you know, again, I was going through something kind of hard and I decided to just do something new to learn something new and occupy my brain. Uh and I mm-hmm did not think that I was going to love it the way that I, I wound up loving it, um, yeah. but I did. And it's hard to do both. They kind of – they can complement each – power often can complement pole dancing in some ways, but they do kind of exist in opposition to one another in a lot of ways. Uh, and certainly – In terms of
2: – Yeah. Keep
1: going. No, no, no. Like, I mean, in terms of, like, in pole dancing, yes, being strong is really – great. Um, Mm -hmm. but you learn just how positional strength is when you are trying to hold your body against gravity. Um, like the strength that I have from bench press doesn't count for a whole lot in terms of like just Mm -hmm. using a different position. Um, and then obviously the more flexible you are, the better it's going to look. I am built like a two by four from all of the powerlifting that I've done over the years. So, um, (laughs) I've had to kind of offset that. Um, So putting a lot of energy into flexibility training is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to do uh, in tandem with making your muscle bellies as strong and tight as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of what was going on in the background. Every time I had a competition that I had to prepare for, I had to stop pole dancing. And it kind of made me resent powerlifting a little bit because I kind of Mm -hmm. felt like pole dance was like, my crush that I wanted to hang out with and powerlifting was like my long-term partner that I like wasn't getting along with. (laughs) So well, even though like I was advancing in my powerlifting career, my heart was straying. Mm -hmm. And, um, so after nationals 2019 in Chicago, right. I did the Arnold in 2020 and that was the weekend of March 7th, 8th. Um, so we weren't even sure if it was going to happen, right? Because I remember that. COVID wasn't quite here yet. Like we weren't wearing masks yet. We weren't social distancing. It was really just a big mm-hmm. thing in China and Italy. Um, but the Arnold draws like 200,000 people, you know? So they were mm-hmm. like, oh, we can't have this event. There's too much international travel that it draws. Um, mm-hmm. And I was getting all this mixed messaging. And it was like right before we were about to do it. And I was just like, I mean, I was cutting. I had just cut like 15 pounds, you know? So I was hangry. And yeah. I, like, I was like, if this is not happening, you got to tell me right now because I've got my Chinese food, ne- fo- like, food place number punched in my phone, and I am ready to like demolish some, you know, some General Tso's tofu. So please. And, yeah. and uh, but they wound up happening. They wound up happening, but with no spectators. Um, and then obviously everything shut down. And mm-hmm. without being able to go to the gym for a while, I kind of. Just had a chance to sort of recalibrate and be like, what do I want to be doing? I'm losing all this time. I mean, I feel like we were all kind of felt like we were losing really valuable time. You know, I mean, I was 30 mm-hmm. when COVID hit and that's like, you know, it's a significant age and you're just like, man, you know, like I, this just seems to just keep going on and on and on. Um, yeah. Am I just going to pick up where I left off or is there other stuff that I kind of wish maybe I had spent more of my time doing? So Mm -hmm. I gave myself permission to just step away from it and try to just pursue dance and music. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I felt called to doing powerlifting again, I would. I did wind up training again uh, with my coach, Bill, uh, for a couple of months in the latter half of 2020. But I know on New Year's Eve that year, I kind of had like a moment being like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't think it's fun for me anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's hard to let go of something that you put so much of your time in for so long. It's also something that, I mean, I was like, I was invited to bench worlds. Like I could
0: have been. Yeah, you're, you're really good at it. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I mean, obviously, I... yeah, going to the Arnold and like being, yeah, you're like amazing at it. So like, it makes sense that it's like, something it's that you feel though. drawn to to an extent, but yeah. it is kind of just like after a while, it's literally just, training the squat bench and deadlift. It it does seem to get stagnant for most people.
1: I think it's easy to, when you hit a certain level, let a lot of your identity get wrapped up in accomplishment. Um, Mm -hmm. But I had to be honest with myself being like, who am I doing this for? Is it for like the handful of people who give a shit about what I'm doing or is it for me? Yeah. And I love being strong and I loved powerlifting. I never want to, you know, mitigate any of that. But Mm -hmm. I knew that there was something that was more exciting to me that, I just, I wanted to on like a core level be spending more of my time doing, even though I'm so like not nearly as good at it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was kind of humbling to me to be like, I'm okay with not being at the best at this. It's just a lot more fun for me right now. So, uh, you know, again, like, you know, you hit your thirties and you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't really have time to be doing stuff for other people. I only, i like, you know, not that 30 is old, but it does give you a, a sense of like, my time is only mine, and mm-hmm. I just need to be doing what I want to be doing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think we're the. Are we the same age? I'm, I just turned thirty-two. Oh,
1: you're a little bit younger than me. I'm
0: thirty-three. Yeah, thirty-three. Okay, mm-hmm. we're we're right around the same age, though. Yeah. Um. So I can relate in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I was never successful with powerlifting at mm-hmm. all, but I loved, loved, loved the idea of getting stronger, and then mm-hmm. obviously, like, you know, you're drawn to powerlifting usually if you like the idea of getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So. I never hate any great numbers. Like, I think my best deadlift was like 465 okay. at like 100. And it's like not, it's not good though. You know, like guys who are like 181 are pulling mm-hmm. like 800, you know? Yeah. So like.
1: Well, you look a lot it, better it, than a lot of them. So
0: <laughs> that's That's the thing. A lot of times it's like, you know, you kind of i guess one thing leads to another and you find something that you like a Mm -hmm. little more and it's just worth your time more and like so i totally agree um Mm -hmm. it's it's not really uh even an age thing it's like i don't know you kind of you kind of get things are stagnant and then you're like oh you're you know you find the appeal in something else and you want to switch over to and pursue that Mm because life's all about just uh I mean, like, these are just hobbies, you know, like, in the end. and uh,
1: I think it's it's easy to forget that, especially in, like, the age of social media. I mean, I know that's, like, such a tired rant to be on. But it's true. I think a lot of people really wrap up their identity in in their forward-facing selves. And um, Mm -hmm. I certainly did. And I had to kind of be like, I've never made a dime doing this. Not that that's the most important thing. But, you know, you have to kind of be like, I have, like, a really – I had a really bad back injury, which, like, kind of – I don't want to say it ruined powerlifting for me, but it definitely made it scary for the first time. And, you know,
0: I dealt with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Did I you had, to, you had a disc. You know, I never got a formal diagnosis. I definitely do feel like it was a, a disc issue. Um, and I was able mm. to rehab it, but I had to kind of ask because it was the kind of pain where you can't even have a conversation with people for like any amount of time because <sighs> your brain is just arrested by the pain you can't focus mm-hmm. on what they're saying all you can think about is how much pain you're in and i had to ask mm-hmm. myself would i be willing to go through that again for the glory of whatever i could get in powerlifting? and the answer is no um so yeah yeah
0: there's something so debilitating about about a back injury in particular but, yeah. it just it's it's the worst. You can't yeah. do anything, and mm-hmm. you like your identity becomes. Re- re- it revolves around like this back injury that's so debilitating. You know, yeah, it's totally. like you feel so limited. You feel mm-hmm. like you can't do like a squat or even bend over. I couldn't tie like, my it shoes. It makes you feel like you're. Yeah, it you makes know? you feel like you're eighty years old. It's yeah. just the worst.
1: Totally. I yeah. I like. I mean. I was afraid of sneezing because it hurts so bad to sneeze. Um,
0: mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, that, that's got to be a herniated disc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: something like that. Oh my god. So anyway, yeah, yeah.
0: not fun. So yeah. you found things you like more. So that's mm-hmm. mainly the reason why you switched away from. Powerlifting.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And yeah. like, I don't discount a return one day. Um, mm-hmm. But I gave my twenties to powerlifting. Like, mm-hmm. let me let me do something else right now. And if I, if I feel called to you know re-enter as a master's athlete then i will do that Mm -hmm. um that's kind of the cool thing about powerlifting is you kind of can do Mm -hmm. it whenever um Mm -hmm. you know it's again because i wasn't making any money off of it it's not like i had to do it at a certain age and like look a certain way so it can be there for me later yeah
0: do you feel any urge to compete still? Like, is there anything you could compete doing pole or anything? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah,
1: there, there are pole competitions. I'm not interested in competing in pole, um, but mm-hmm. I love performing. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that that was a big aspect of pole that really drew to me because, I mean, I'm kind of a ham. <laughs> and
2: uh, like For sure, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but like that's,
1: I treated powerlifting like that too, like any any uh facet of it that i could treat i mean i had i had like really kind of big setups for a lot of uh lifts like i would read the live stream on on uh on at nationals and whenever i'd come on people would be like oh the crazy girls here <laughs> and i'm just like yeah well like it makes you want to watch though right i mean everyone says the powerlifting yeah. thing is boring to watch but if you see someone come out and like you know do like a war dance you know you're, you're kind of like oh shit what's about to happen you know um, yeah
0: does that come from your interest in wrestling maybe
1: yeah probably right
0: <laughs> um, do you uh so i saw you post those photos do you do any sort of wrestling
1: i'm not actually wrestling so i'm a, it's called a valet um so oh, okay. what that is in the wrestling world is i'm like i valet for this uh deathmatch wrestler named casanova valentine and um so i'm kind of like his little sidekick that comes out with him and i might like heckle i might like start some shit i might like i haven't done this yet but you know i I might a valet might uh you know get in the ring and like hit her opponent hit her guy's opponent with uh you know something illegal when like the ref isn't looking and like cause her Mm -hmm. her guy to win that's what a valet is so that's what i am i'm a little shit starter (laughs) (laughs) um, that
0: sounds more fun (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah like again you know um i did I have flirted with the idea of wrestling a lot. Um, But again, I have to kind of be honest with myself about where I am just physically health wise. And, you know, age wise, I'm like, am I like Mm -hmm. willing to start this now, Mm -hmm. work the Indies for however long, maybe get discovered when I'm like, I don't know, 37. And then, you know, not, I mean, the, 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 the um, standards are changing right now, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but even still, it's like, I mean, I could change my mind, you know. Maybe this is the gateway for me to do that. But I'm at the time for now. I'm just having fun with it, you know. However often yeah. he'll have me at the show. Yeah, I got to spit yellow uh, into some guy's face, so that was fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that was so sick. That was such a sick photo. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about guys like, uh, you know, I'm kind of just thinking back to like the WWF and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys were like, I mean, at the earl at the youngest, like. I feel like they're late thirties yeah right? they're, they're not young
1: like, but the thing is they started young it takes a long time to get uh, noticed by like something like wWE yeah you're usually mm-hmm. not kind of plucked young you usually mm-hmm. have to do something called like work the Indies where you you know do indie matches all over yeah. the country sometimes all over the world depending but um before anyone will even look at you so
0: yeah okay yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm yeah, I was thinking about guys like uh, Eric Buchenhagen and stuff coming uh-huh. up now who like I think he's like thirty, thirty three 33 or 34 or something.
1: Um, <sighs> I'm not sure how old he is. Um, but again, he's another one, you know, I mean, like, how could you not want to watch that guy? I mean, I I started dude... following him before I ever saw him wrestle a match because I was Same. like, here's a guy who's like doing some like safety bar squats while like shredding on an on a flying V. Like, I, yeah. you know, yeah, I got to I, I got to watch this guy, whatever he does, you know. <laughs>
0: I've been following him for years just because he would just make these ridiculous videos mm-hmm. and just, like, scream. And I was like, this yeah. guy is my hero. And I
1: just think about what, his, what it's like for his wife who lives with him.
0: Oh, I'll his just... wife's probably awesome.
1: <laughs> I just imagine if, like, my husband were in the basement just yelling at all hours of yeah. the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, his wife and his kid must be uh, just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, Okay, so I really want to touch on uh, like the the vegan aspect Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, Um, and I don't want to keep you too much longer. But so you went vegan pretty young, right?
1: Yeah, Uh, I went vegan in the dark ages, aka 2005. Um, Wow. So I was 16. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: So in the in the in the times of, I mean, I feel like vegan back then was unheard of. It was all like if you went. if you went anything, it was be vegetarian, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> in my day, I remember that a treat for me was um, – there wasn't a Starbucks in my hometown, but there was one like two towns down. And it was one of the few locations that had just started carrying soy milk. So I could mm-hmm. get a vegan hot chocolate if I was – if my mom was willing to drive me two towns down to get a vegan hot chocolate, that was like my Hell treat, yeah. you know, like okay. Tofurky range Supreme. There was no other game in town. Oh, than two foodie. Um, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, when I hear people now being like, Oh, I couldn't do it. I'm like, if my 16 year old ass in 2005, who was sustained by like, yeah, I don't know. Taco Bell <laughs> could do mm-hmm. it. Um, then you living in new york city in 2022 like if you don't want to do it you don't want to do it but don't say that you couldn't do it unless it's like you yeah. know, some kind of a health issue or whatever it is it may be um, you know it's completely it's really not that agree. Hard these
0: days <laughs> completely agree okay yeah. that's so cool to hear that you went vegan so long ago yeah. because i feel like that gives you it's going to be a really interesting perspective to hear about
1: yeah um, it's like it is it's cool and it's but it's also In a way, it's almost a disadvantage, right? Because like I went vegan at a time when I wasn't thinking about my health. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just winged it because I was young. I didn't have to worry about that stuff. Um, So for Mm the people who went vegan later and went ahead and did all the research and learned all this stuff, I mean, I didn't do any of that. And I've kind of just been riding that wave ever since. So
0: yeah. yeah. So you never really—you probably got like no protein when you were <laughs> younger, right? Like I don't
1: know. I don't <laughs> know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I, like, what the hell was I even eating back then? I mean, yeah, other than like beans, I lagoons,
0: like tofu, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I would. Um, what I would do. We had how long? How long? When did you move to New? Well, wait. Where are you from originally?
0: Uh, I grew up in like northeast Philly. I moved oh, okay. to, um, yeah, I moved to New York uh, 2012. 2012? Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. 10 years ago, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say, because I would go to the city a lot. I grew up on Long Island and um, Red Bamboo was like red the bamboo. thing that like blew my mind open. I had the chicken parm from there and I was just like, I mean, I, I think I was like 15, and I was like, "Yeah, wow, vegan food's good," you know. And
0: um, red bamboo was around all the way back then. I remember oh, it's very.
1: It's been red bamboo has been around since. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna find out because I, I actually just looked at this. <laughs> no, because I looked this up because I went recently with a friend, um, and it's exactly the same. You know, like pretty much same menu and everything. And wow. Yeah, I mean, I want to say, uh, yeah, since two thousand two, that's when they opened. Wow, so, oh, yeah, shit. that was my that's like. a long time. Yeah, that place, and uh, there was a place in Williamsburg called Food Swings. Um, I don't know if oh, you ever heard of it. Never heard of them? Okay, mm-hmm. um, it was this place in Williamsburg that uh, I mean, it was like fast food, like not fast food, but it was like junk mm-hmm. food. It was comfort food. Sure. But um, you know, when you're like a teenager, that's all you want, right? And um, mm-hmm. I couldn't really get that on Long Island. So being vegan at this time, uh, young, I would have to mm-hmm. go to the city to get anything that was at all remarkable. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, was uh, Maywa around back then? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So Maywa is they, where... They're OGs. Yeah. Cause that's where, um, that's where food swings. And I think Red Bamboo got their drumsticks from
0: and so i was just gonna say every place in new york city every vegan restaurant in new york city and like around the nation i feel like you get yeah. so much stuff from maywa are they
1: still around or, i think they are they but they changed changed their their name. Name. right 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 i saw it and i was like is this maywa i couldn't tell lily's
0: vegan pantry
1: yes there you go yeah um
0: yeah they kick ass I'm yeah
1: right and then you know us and all of our like punk house friends would start to just buy stuff from Maywa and try mm-hmm. to recreate the stuff that we got at the restaurants, and it was never nearly as good. But you know,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm curious, you just said, Okay, so did you get into uh being vegan because you're into the punk scene? Yeah, day? yeah. It, I mean, okay, so you're- I, right. Did you listen to a lot of like uh, crust punk bands and stuff? Is that where it came you from? You know,
1: I didn't really listen to a ton of crust punk band stuffs, stuff. But a lot of my friends did. I was actually thinking about this because mm-hmm. I was like, "This is going to be a question." I'm like, "What bands were really the ones that turned me on to veganism?" I mean, AFI. Um, mm-hmm. I was a big Silverchair fan, which, who are not a punk band, but um, the. The lead singer is vegan and he has this really okay. angry vegan anthem called Spawn Again. Um, okay. But like, I mean, yeah, all of those punk bands like saying a lot about a lot of political stuff animal rights yeah, certainly yeah. being one of them oh i listen to a lot of hardcore so like gorilla biscuits has a song mm-hmm. about veganism although i think that maybe some of them are vegan for like a minute um but yeah you know i was gonna say
0: i didn't know if they were or not they have
1: a song called cats and dogs and it's basically just about how like we put cats and dogs on a pedestal and we should treat all mm-hmm. animals the same way um mm-hmm. but uh yeah so veganism was a pretty prolific. Thing that was sung about in a lot of the music that I listened to and I was vegetarian mm-hmm. before I was vegan um, yeah so, so was I yeah 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 um, I really only eat, ate meat ages 12 to 14 so
0: um, what did you grow up eating? You,
1: I was the worst you man. weren't raised
0: vegetarian no
1: well not intentionally my parents hated it I was the, just the pickiest eater and meat uh, to me was disgusting I hated the smell of it I hated the look mm-hmm. of it I just did not want to touch it and, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I pretty much just ate pizza a lot growing up. I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm alive sometimes, <laughs> but, um, it's
0: crazy because mm-hmm. like you also managed to get so damn strong, which is a good sign that like, yeah. if you have the genetics for it and right. like you're raised the right way, like playing, you know, you were, you started playing, uh, uh, sports early, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was a, I feel like, like those are tooth,
0: yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, y- and you started that early. So like, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, at least the the athletics there really somebody they carried over. And then I don't know if your parents were strong or not, but oh, actually were they? <laughs> my, my mom
1: never worked out a day in her life. Uh, my dad my dad is like blue collar strong. You know, he's like a heating, heating mm-hmm. and air conditioning contractor. So he has like strength mm-hmm. from work. Um, mm-hmm. He rides his bike and stuff, but he never strength trained, but we're a very small family. Both of my parents were mm-hmm. five, three. And uh, okay. yeah. So, um yeah, I mean, like, people ask me about food, and I'm always hesitant to answer because I'm like, I'm just going to sound so dumb. But also, I think that there's something to be said for, and I know not everyone is going to respond this way. You know, some people really do have to hunker down and do their research, but mm-hmm. I think people get turned off from trying new things because they're like, I got to learn all this stuff. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe you don't, though. Maybe you can just try it and see it's- how you feel. <laughs>
0: It's the paralysis by analysis. Yeah, thing, right? yeah.
1: Right, totally. Yeah.
0: And that also makes me just think, like, I think people are also hyper critical of their diets where they mm-hmm. think, like, you know, they'll change their diet and then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, I'm getting all these problems. It must be from eating, uh, you know, no meat anymore or something. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, like, these are problems that already existed and they're just, you know, putting them together now. Yeah. So, like, you know, we all know those people who just, like, they're all like, oh, uh, I can't eat gluten or something because right. like uh, I'm gluten intolerant. And it's like, mm-hmm. are you though? Or are you just like, are you just not like, are you not exercising? I don't right. know. There might be a, another reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, so I do agree that like, I think you can get away with a lot of uh, diet um, uh, inconsistencies and stuff. And right.
1: Yeah. I definitely think... being a little lax. Yeah. I mean, I think if you are exercising too, um. <clears throat> then if you're having problems then look into it you know but yeah for the, mm. there's just a lot of people who don't and then blame a lot of stuff on food and a lot of that is legitimate i don't want to discount that but you know also maybe try moving your body um, yeah yeah
0: it's not it's usually not just one reason but right. i don't know people people do like to hyper focus on on diet specifically it's kind mm-hmm. of weird
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but you know and there's there's like A lot more research available to people now about how a plant-based diet, you know, is not going to kill you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But there's still people who think that vegetables are terrible for you. I know. Which is beyond me. Oh,
1: um, my favorite rumor was about how, like, soy is going to make you grow boobs. (laughs) Oh, that was – you know, I actually believed
0: that when I was, like, 20 years old. Yeah, I'm sure you
1: did. (laughs) I'm like, well, listen, I eat a shit ton of soy and I don't have boobs and i should <laughs> so let let me tell you that
0: <laughs> like yeah that's yeah. fucking great yeah there was such a huge there's such a huge myth with the the uh-huh. soy stuff it was mm-hmm. i don't even know i don't even know how that happened to get so big but mm-hmm. um anyways so uh in terms of uh your um your general diet i mm-hmm. wanted to kind of talk about that more yeah, and sure. kind of delve into a little more of like uh y- how you approach it
1: yeah I mean, okay, I feel like my days start off pretty good. I make a, um, generally for breakfast, I will make a tofu scramble with avocado, which does have pretty good macros. Um, so that's all I kind of start off. It, lunch is going to depend if I'm home or not. Um, I'll probably, if I'm obviously if I'm out, I'm going to eat something out. It's usually going to be some kind of like vegan chicken sandwich or pork burger or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. A staple that I make at home is like the most simple quesadilla in the world because I hate cooking and I don't want to spend a lot of time making, putting together food. So just Mm -hmm. tortilla, vegan cheese, beans, hot sauce, done. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. avocado and sour cream. uh, But, and I'll have like two of those. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Burritos, burgers, chicken sandwiches. That's like what I will eat if I'm out. Um, And then I have my couple stable things at home like that.
0: How much do you eat out usually? Um,
1: Fairly often, I think. Um, Yeah, fairly often. And I'll usually have like a protein bar a day too. Like uh, the, the Nugo dark chocolate pretzel ones. Have you tried those yet?
0: Oh, uh, I have the Nugo Slim uh, chocolate mint ones.
1: Okay. Those are good. Um, I ate those a lot when I was cutting the Nugo Slim ones. Um,
0: yeah. But
1: uh, I don't have to they, cut any They have a chocolate pretzel? There's a. It's not a slim one, but yeah, and it's really good. It's got like a red wrapper. Get it next time you're at Whole Foods.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all those. Um, Not all the Nugo ones are vegan, right? No, not all of them, but this one is. Yeah. That throws me off. Yeah. I'll have uh-huh. to keep an eye out for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It, so it'll
1: it'll say vegan on the on the wrapper but yeah you just gotta look for
0: mm-hmm. that so you probably eat out like i don't know once a day or something ish
1: <sighs>
0: not once a day
1: once maybe like once every like maybe like four times a week i will eat out once yeah okay yeah. or like order from out yeah
0: Mm-hmm. Honestly like the way you're describing it, it doesn't sound like you eat that bad. I don't know you no, it it's not like that bad like, oh. it's not that bad. I'm
1: just not like an overanalyzer about it, you know like I'm not sure. that's, that's the thing you know I'm not I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm happy sure. that my body composition wound up being what it is. Um, mm-hmm. but I never wanted to hyper focus on aesthetics and that was always mm-hmm. kind of my, my differentiation. people would be like, oh well, you're a bodybuilder I'm like no I'm not you know, like for people who don't know anything about strength sport. I'm like, my objective mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. to get strong. I,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not trying to shit on bodybuilders, but I know that if I start thinking about that stuff too much, it's a rabbit hole that I can fall down. Uh, that can be pretty bad for me mentally. And I don't even want to go there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it's healthiest to <laughs> approach things intuitively. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like, yeah, you know, just be like, okay, how do I look? How do I feel? Do I feel good about that? Great. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. step on the scale excessively. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. count numbers. I'm just gonna eat when I want to, let it fuel my my training, my active lifestyle, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. you know, if I have a problem, address it. But I'm not gonna, you know,
0: yeah, I'm not gonna weigh everything I
1: own. It. Uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah i actually uh, i love that approach because um i don't think everyone can uh i don't think it's sustainable for everybody to yeah. you know try to try to follow the advice of these like these fitness gurus mm-hmm. you know who are like oh you know you have to weigh all your food you have to count all your macros every day it's just like you know i think that works for some people really well like mm-hmm. I, i'm not gonna lie like it works for me really well yeah. but i have my days where i don't track at all because like I've done this for so long mm-hmm. and like you, you obviously know like what you're eating too roughly. Mm-hmm. It, you kind of just like get a good idea of like yeah. if you're going to gain or lose weight based on how much you're eating, you know, yeah. you have like a decent idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, some people just can't, uh, they can't be that, uh, obsessive over it because it can lead to, you know, eating disorders, mm-hmm. crazy body dysmorphia. And it's just like not healthy for a lot of people to be that way.
1: Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um, so I, I agree. Yeah, totally. And I think, uh, you know, again, because towards the end of my powerlifting career, I had, I did, I mean, I did gain weight naturally, right? Like mm-hmm. I just, I got stronger, mm-hmm. I got bigger and I had to cut so much weight and it was torture and I probably didn't yeah, go about said, it. Uh, yeah.
0: You said it was like 15 pounds. For yeah. You running, right? I mean like, which is a lot for you. a yeah.
1: lot. And, um, I probably didn't go about it the smartest way, but again, my mentality about it was like, I I don't know. I don't want to become, like, an expert on this necessarily. This is, like, a short-term goal. And I just want to be able to do it for the amount of time that I need to do it. And then as soon as I step off that scale, I'm going to wolf down three bagels and, like, not worry about it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but I know even doing that, I kind of felt like it would have been easy to obsess about, like, okay, well, how far away from – meat weight, am I? And, mm-hmm. you know, when it wouldn't matter, you know, it's like, I know how to lose the weight when I need to. So stop worrying about how, you know, meat ready when you are, when you don't even have one on the calendar for like eight months, you know what I mean? Cause that just yeah, feels like it's yeah. not, uh, productive at all. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I really want to, um, I really want to, uh, just overemphasize that point that mm-hmm. like just doing the big things mm-hmm. will get you like 99% of the way. Mm-hmm. And like those little details, those little semantics where it's like, yeah, like you could me- track all your food every day, you mm-hmm. could like track your weight every day, you can mm-hmm. take all these metrics that might get you an extra like one or two percent. Like, seriously, like it's really you it's don't negligible. need to go crazy with it, yeah. I think I think I honestly really do. I mm-hmm. think it's I think it's pretty negligible. Like I think if someone has a really hard set goal, then you're like yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'll help a lot. But yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a give and a take where it's like for some people it'll just lead to like you said like a lot of issues, more issues than it's worth. And mm-hmm. like if you're not somebody who's competing and trying to be at the top of their right. possible genetic limits or whatever right. or Whatever, I, I just don't. I don't know if it's worth it for most people. Yeah, so I, I agree, and that's why I wanted to hear your perspective on it because yeah. it's different. Because most people are are who are like are really at the top of what they've mm-hmm. done. They uh, they are pretty hypercritical of mm-hmm. uh, stuff.
1: And there's definitely you're a
0: good uh, perspective.
1: Yeah, and I think you know part of me is like, what if I did hire a nutritionist? Like, what what if I did do all that stuff? Where would I have wound up? But. You know, at the end of the day, it. W- I don't think it would have been worth the psychological toll that it could have taken on me. Yeah. And also, at the end of the day, like I left, I left powerlifting not because I was failing. I left it because I wanted to. You know. Yeah. Sure. So. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I can, well, I can, could have, should have, would all I want, but at the end of the day,
0: yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like that's um that's a good point to uh kind of segue into a closing here. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> kind of, kind of sound, sounds a little dark, but hey, I no, think it was okay. a good, good closure. <laughs> um, do you feel like we didn't touch on anything else you want to talk about real quick or?
1: Um, I don't think so. I don't know. Is there anything okay.
0: else that you want to I talk about? I we, think we touched on all the lifting stuff. Mm-hmm. And we touched on all the, uh, nutri- well, like your approach to nutrition and everything mm-hmm. and veganism. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much everything I wanted to really a, talk about with you here. I think that's great. Um, cool. Do you do you want to mention uh, anything about uh, where people could find you or anything that you've done?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and only Instagram at um, L-E-A-H-R-A-Y-E-X. And yeah, that's it. Cool.
0: All right. Awesome. All cool. right, Leah. Good talking to you. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 8th Broach Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it if you haven't already it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on apple podcasts, spotify, google play, radio public, pocketcasts, stitcher, player fm, pinecast or any other service you're listening to it on and if you subscribe to the athletics fitness youtube channel, instagram page, twitter and facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training and nutrition programs, coaching services and merch on ethicsfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, commenting, and sharing would mean a ton to me. Thank you so much again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.